0: welcome to Let's Get Psyched, a program that explores the controversial and challenging issues from a psychological and psychiatric perspective, as well as the implications for clinical practice. I'm your host, psychologist Dr. Aaron Parks of the University of California at Riverside. Counseling and Psychological Services, I'm joined by my co-host, second year child and adolescent psychiatry fellow at the University of California, Riverside, Dr. Tosha Yamaguchi. Hi, Tosha. Hey. Very dear psychiatry <laughs> resident at UCR, Dr. Edgar Ortega. Hi, Edgar.
1: Hey, how are you, Dr. Parks?
0: good thanks and last but not least third year psychiatry resident at ucr dr joshua Poole. hi josh how's it going dr Parks?
1: <laughs> it's not going away uh, i just Andy's want to back. save it Andy's Andy's save her. Save it's been so long.
2: long i feel like i needed to christen it again
0: the views expressed on let's get psyched to those of the speaker they do not represent the university of california uc riverside counseling and psychological services or ucr school of medicine well on today's show we're going to talk about nostalgia. Uh, the feeling the emotion um, what it does Um, and and reminiscing just kind of in general there's also something called reminiscence therapy so I kind of want to start the ball off uh, by kind of asking if you had to go into your past and you had to pull uh, pull into your consciousness a time in your life that would elicit the most intense feeling of nostalgia Okay, so uh, now if you if you need some sort of uh, reminder, it's a sentimental, according to the dictionary de- definition, it's a sentimental longing, a wistful affection for the past. Okay, so what would that time period be and, and why? Why did you pick that and why would it do that to you? Who wants to go first?
3: Um, okay, I Tosha. can start. So for me, one of the things, Things one of the memories that I have that I think is most potent and is very enjoyable for me to reminisce about is um, my great uncle's strawberry pizza pies that he would bring over in the summer. And I think the reason that that memory and like that that time every summer was so potent was because one, it was a yearly thing, and the anticipation would build so much, you know, because I I loved it. Um, so I think it was just a very <laughs> emotional time in terms of how giddy as a child I was when I when my great uncle would come and drop off the strawberry pizza pie, a- and the taste was just uh, you know phenomenal. I can't forget it.
0: I and, and, so he'd drop it off, but he'd stay there and then he'd have fun. No, he'd he just, would just drop oh, it he off. He would just he, he would, would just throw he it the, like window window on the Yeah, <laughs>
3: yeah, he had his you know deliveries to make.
0: Okay. Wow. Well that
3: <laughs>
0: <laughs> I, I, I wish I loved fruit pizza. <laughs> that sounds oh, like a dessert. So that's a coup. Yes.
3: It is a dessert. So it's basically oh, okay. like this flat um, dough or crust and then you've got like kind of a cool cream whip cheese. like cream cheese yeah oh, okay. thing and then thinly sliced strawberries on top hmm. with well, you like a the little impression
2: that it triglyce. was like a regular pepperoni pizza that had no, no. strawberries on it no <laughs> <laughs> I didn't know Josh, experienced it was your kid it was oh. your thing I was
0: asking Dr. did you misremember <laughs> what that pizza was <laughs> I was thinking that that sounds more like a tart.
3: Yeah, yeah. Okay. yeah.
1: But okay, good. Who who's next? I can go next because uh, same in a similar way. I think my cue to remember some of these experiences from my past has to do with food as well, and being mm-hmm. back at home. So you know, in, in in Mexico, you have like the informal taco uh, stand on the, on the streets that uh, you know gets full like on Sundays after like church or something. So. We just have to walk after going to church um, to the back street where my mom's house is at and we'll get just like tacos, like regular tacos, carne asada, you know, common thing to do in, in Mexico. But I, I kind of agree with you, Tosha, like it's just uh, that key of the of the food, being around family and you am to like make it like a habit. That's what it kind of reminds me, makes me like kind of boosts my mood, you know, and I, I can almost even taste that right now.
3: yeah. And it, and it was just, like, a surrounding feeling of it being so special,
1: mm-hmm.
3: right? Like, you get it for Did you, you for it sounds it. like once a week or right. something,
0: yeah. Scarcity. Yeah. How about you, Josh?
2: Um, mine are more t- uh, tied to sound uh, and, like, music. So I, I That's interesting. Two. So, well, I, I imagine that it would probably be smell first and foremost, but those are so hard to reproduce. But they say smell is, like, one of the – you know, strongest ties to memory. So sometimes when I get a smell, it'll take me like right back to where I was. But sound is more reproducible. For me, it's two things. One, it's 90s rock music. And my dad's, I got my old, my first car was my dad's old uh, Camry and he had all these cassettes that he made mixtapes of like Third Eye Blind, um, Pearl Jam. Who else was on that? Matchbox 20. All of these old kind of, 90s bands, and I'd listen to them when I was in high school, and it made me nostalgic of when I was a little kid listening to them. Mm. So it's kind of like a double nostalgia. Mm-hmm. And then the other one, probably the most comforting for me, is this is going to sound so stupid. The theme to Darkwing Duck. Oh, oh. Or, or, you remember that? Didn't even really watch that, or like uh, Tailspin, I didn't even watch them that often, but it was like a very particular time where I think I was very happy as a child.
1: Mm, Sure. And stuff
2: that sounds like that, in particular saxophone, whenever I hear saxophone, I get this little twinge of nostalgia. So I love it anytime it's in modern music.
3: You know, that's really interesting you say that yours is about sound because actually what I was reading was that... um, music is a way that researchers um induce nostalgia no kidding yeah so um i i guess there was this group in the netherlands who found that um listening to songs like what you were describing makes people feel uh, nostalgic very quickly easily
2: yeah
0: yeah i, like I mean there's
2: so charged you know Go ahead. Yeah, yeah definitely. Yeah, I,
0: I would say that, you know, looking at their literature, um, that's that's probably the number one way to prompt nostalgia. It's just uh, you just play songs that have some sort of autobi- autobiographical meaning to them. Um, but, bit, you know, they, there are categories of ways to uh, stimulate nostalgia. And one of them is actually negative emotions. Hmm. But um, and but just also social connectedness and yeah, the uh, the last one is sensory information things like smells and sounds and, and, mm-hmm. and just seeing things from that from that time period in your
1: life. So so we all talk about ours. What is your stalker Parks? Yeah, about? yeah,
0: you know what? I I kinda I kind of resonate with what Josh said is that it's it's music. music. Um, there's a couple of periods. One is like the seventies, like songs from the seventies, that's when I really started listening to music. And then also shows, T V shows from hmm. the seventies. So yeah. I can I can remember tv jingles from the 70s like like most of them it's kind of a weird almost like a talent what's like a, the like, one that gets the, talent. Your head the most <laughs> <laughs> i know it's but it's a talent that i can't use for anything sad. <laughs> yeah. uh there's so many there's like you know that girl um mikhail's maybe f troop. Is. you know uh, there's so many and I, I, just, I, I just i just have these memories of in the summer just like spending like like hours watching tv or playing outside that that brings back the most nostalgia. I'd say, being young, no no responsibilities for sure. But mm. you know, nostalgia didn't always have this kind of positive. We're talking about these positive, you know, things that are initiated in our minds and in our mood. But it didn't really uh, always. It was not really like that. And I've, mm. I've, honestly, I I honestly have to say I've been very negative about nostalgia, and I look. Mm. I kind of Like have lately,
3: this, you mean or I have a bias. Not lately. That's I, your connotation. That's a, you know,
0: actually it's so funny because my, my wife told me about a study about nostalgia first a few months ago. And then it but just randomly, Tosha, you, you you talked about nostalgia. So um and then that got me thinking, I wonder if that's true. And so when I went to the literature last week and I saw that, yeah, it could be pretty positive. But for a while I was thinking that oh, you don't want to go back to the past. That's like you're living in the past. You know, you need to, you need to stop trying to long for the past and just live your right. life now because life is happening now. Like depression. Now. Yeah, and so I have this really yeah. bad bias about it.
1: Where historically has a negative connotation, right? You guys all hear about brief history. So I
3: heard a little bit about that, yeah.
1: It, it's kind of interesting because what I found is that in 1688, it, the term was actually coined by a medical student I think the name oh. of the medical student is Johannes Hoffer. Oh. I don't remember oh, where. That's cool. Right. And it was it was that relationship um, or more in the negative context and even related to the mentally, mental illness and in the institutionalization, asylums, even schizophrenia. So in the 19th century in France, it was the second most studied mental disease. And I put that in quotations because it's not considered mm-hmm. like that anymore. Mm-hmm. And yeah. that was the second most just after hysteria. Um, a lot of the things had to do also with the war, like the US Civil War, um, about the soldiers being away from home and getting homesick. Oh, um,
2: yeah.
1: But it, but it went, I guess, in different stages, like it might have started like uh, uh, like that nostalgia that kills soldiers. And, and now the way they see it is more like, it might have actually been PTSD, you know, that they got depressed, not eating, not treating their mm. illnesses, etc. cetera. Mm. Um, or it could be in the context of psychosis, schizophrenia, and the institutionalization being away from home, uh, that they got maybe severely catatonic, and that's how they die. So they even said that some of the tremors used to release people to go home, uh, which in a way kind of reminds me of how do you, what is nostalgia in current terms? It's, it's like kind of mm-hmm. like, it's not escaping, but it's kind of like going to your home away from a current stress it
3: is kind of like escaping yeah it I, could be, I, right? I would agree with that yeah
1: right so well, now it went from that to this now which is not considered anymore as a mental illness
0: hmm. yeah there's some I, positive I stuff know. from nostalgia from just generating it or just going there but you I'm, know i go ahead go ahead Edgar.
1: i just want to say like it, it might not it might not be what we thought it was related or a uh, severe mental illness, but there's still, still a lot of clinical implications with mental illness that we're going to talk on later. So, go ahead, Josh.
2: Yeah. I. It's fascinating that you say that um, for a couple of reasons. So, like, nostalgia... Okay, I have so many different thoughts about this, what you've just brought up here. I'm sorry. Let's hear it. (laughs) Okay, okay, here we go, here we go. I'm ready for this. Okay, I'm so sorry. (laughs) So first and foremost, there has been sort of a trend in like modern uh, literature or how do you say, like interpretation of film and media, that there's been this massive push for like 80s nostalgia, you know, Stranger Things, a lot of that. New retro mm-hmm. wave types of sound. The synth True. has made a lot of... Downton um, Abbey. Da- maybe 1880s. I'm uh, not sure when <laughs> that took place. <laughs> You're right. I didn't specify century, and that's my bad. <laughs> no, that was stupid. <laughs> Hilarious. Was I'm a, stupid. Oh, my. I'm nostalgic for the first 80s. <laughs> just in Babylon or something. Anyway, uh, <laughs> the first thing that there's been a lot of pushback that people think that maybe it's dangerous because it's not letting people live in the now. But I do find some, so in looking into this, there's this term that I've come across over the years. It's called, um, and anybody who speaks Portuguese, please forgive me. It's called um, saudade. Um, And it's a Portuguese term that roughly translates into a type of nostalgia, Mm -hmm. but it's characteristic of the people, the way they describe it. It's almost this melancholy. It's a particular type of longing for the past. And they say that the most equivalent English translation is another word that nobody uses called desiderium, um, Mm -hmm. which is roughly a desire for things that you didn't even experience. Do you kind of know what I mean? Like, I'm nostalgic for the 80s when I watched Stranger Things and I was Mm -hmm. not born. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So it's this sort of longing for a thing that you've never even experienced. And then the other part of that is... um, typically depression has to do with looking backwards and rumination and thinking about things that happened in the past, whereas anxiety tends to be about anticipations of things in the future. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I don't find it surprising that nostalgia is closely related to melancholia and
3: Absolutely. that
2: people are taking comfort in nostalgia right now because the future is so uncertain, but mm. there is no uncertainty in the past. So there's mm. no anxiety there. So, I'm wondering, mm-hmm. you know, as that ties into the escapism. Okay, sorry, end of tirade.
1: So, it's going yeah, to scared. be the present anxious. Yeah.
2: It's also like
3: selective attention, <laughs> right. right? Like you're cherry picking what yeah. you're remembering about the past, which is one of the ways that can be dangerous.
0: Yeah, and right. I think that's one of the things that people rely on and cl- clinicians rely on when they do this type of therapy. So, there's there's something called reminiscence therapy. And it's often referred to with uh, and used with the old folks, um, but it, but it also it's with people with Alzheimer's and just it can be used with anybody, really. But it, you're specifically kind of systematically going back and remembering these times and then deriving meaning and remembering your strength and how you persevered and things like that. And it can involve, you know, just like a, a box of, of, of familiar items and pictures and things like that they can bring back. Um, just by seeing them or smelling them and things like that, um, and it has been effective. It's been helpful for um, ed- elderly folks with um, as far as social interaction, um, activity level, mood, of course. Okay, but I, I have,
3: have read about this actually. Yeah, I heard that they are doing studies on inmates in detention facilities, um, similarly to like in for nursing homes, like people whose life right now isn't great and. And uh, yeah, the reminiscent therapy. I didn't know it was called reminiscent therapy, but I have heard about this.
0: I feel like that probably could work for sure. Yeah,
3: I one of the um, one of the ideas with using reminiscent therapy I read is a nostalgic repository. So it's it's just like, um, I guess, memories that you have um, on hand to reminisce about.
0: Like 90s rock or um, 70s so. rock? Or I don't know. The theme to that girl? And I know that you <laughs> all don't know what that is. Uh, if you're just joining us, you're listening to Let's Get Psyched on KUCR. And um, we're talking about nostalgia and reminiscence therapy and how that can be a positive experience. It, it Historically, it started as a very negative thing, being wistful about the past and kind of reveling in past experiences. But... Recently, uh, relatively recently, we've seen a lot of research come out that you can actually do a lot of things like re- elevate mood. Like that. So I'm sorry. Did I interrupt somebody? So what? Who wanted um, to well, on?
3: one of the things I wanted to talk about was just the studies that are being done or have been done, because I was reading this article in The New York Times that had a nice summary of different studies being conducted. And um, it was back in 2013, but it was talking about how studies have shown that um, the themes surrounding nostalgia are pretty much universal throughout the world. Um, Mm. And they're seeing it in children as young as seven or eight Mm. that they can remember fondly like earlier birthdays or something like that. Um, and that, in terms of the reporting of nostalgia, the frequency, people, most people experience it once a week, um, but almost half reminisce three or four times a week. Um, and then another, uh, some another study that it talked about was a study at North Dakota State University. Um, They looked at English, Dutch, and American adults. And they found that if they played hit songs from the past, so we were talking about like music, right? Mm
1: -hmm.
3: Um, Then people would report afterwards that they felt loved and that life is worth living. And not only that, but they found that if um, they then took those people and presented them with kind of an existential essay that was really like kind of a downer <laughs> um
0: <laughs> yeah no I've, i think i've heard so that i mean, right? they yeah. remind you of your mortality right in well some
3: they were less yeah, likely that's what I was say. they were less likely to be bummed out about it or mm-hmm. like convinced by the arguments in the essay
2: do you think that that's because reminiscing or memory is essentially a statement or like a heralding that like hey i existed Yes, here's some evidence. that's what
3: it was saying mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, it, doc, the doctor who conducted the study said quote it brings nostalgia serves a crucial existential function it brings to mind cherished experiences that assure us we are valued people who have meaningful lives hmm. yeah yeah no kidding they found that um, people who regularly reminisce um, are better at coping with um, the idea about de- uh, the idea of death their death.
2: Okay, so this actually leads me to a question I wanted to ask you guys. Okay. What percentage of memories do you think that you code as positive versus negative? Oof. Like where does that ratio well, that's a, lie? That's a, tough that's a good one.
1: question. That's a tough
2: one. I have a follow-up question, but I'll keep okay. for I, answers. I, I don't know. I'll okay, think I think it's I, a multi-part.
1: Gonna, it's an essay. I <laughs> think it might depend on where you're at right now, like level up your maturity and like if your mood is depressed or anxious versus not, right? Over the last Hmm.
0: I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, to, okay. for me, I'm going to say it's positive be, be, only because I can tell. Because I, I, I've told you all that I used to be really depressed. I can for sure tell that I, I'm way more optimistic now. And I do a savoring thing in my mind. Like when I Ooh. do something that's positive, mm-hmm. I, I find myself. Now, I, I think, am I narcissistic for doing this? But I don't think so. Because like No, if you example, know what I'm that big... is? There's a
3: name for that. Anticipatory what? nostalgia. That's when you're building nostalgic to be memories. Like memories <sighs> that you feel like
0: I do that you know... all the time. Yeah, oh my god. I feel like I do that. Professionally right? with wow. my and I, I'm wow. gonna even say something that I there's been times in my life when I know for sure like I will never forget this moment. Never. Oh, and I look that's back sweet. and you will always remember it, right? I mean, you all have probably have that kind of
3: stuff. Oh yeah, totally. But sometimes it's I've, like that's you wanna do the mental, mental snapshot right sure yeah love that
1: so, so give me a percentage P- put it oh. on the grid 70 30 70 more positive 70 30 okay but if you asked me before Tosh- i might be might have been lower
0: yeah it depends I'd on say 60 40
3: you know it's, it's just it's tough because i feel like i spend a lot of time in my present worrying about negative things mm-hmm. um but in terms of you know cementing it into memory, I want to say it's more positive stuff.
2: I I am strongly convinced that we overwhelmingly remember positive things even if we've had a very unfortunate life because of the way they're encoded. Unless it's like trauma, which you... you know, what do you, you mean because fixed. of the way
3: they're encoded? What do you mean by that?
2: Well, it's, it's your brain's natural tendency to assign more value to positive things because it's a more of a reward. So you're gonna try to continue to chase that sort of thing that made you feel good, Mm -hmm. even in your own mind, even in your own private reflection. Mm -hmm. So if you look back at your life and somebody said, hey, remember when all this terrible stuff happened, you kind of go, well, I don't, I kind of just remember the good stuff. Mm -hmm. Unless maybe there's a pathology, maybe there's a depression that makes you focus on
0: the other one. Mm -hmm.
2: But I think people without pathology probably remember more good than bad.
0: Now, I did look at some research about what what kind, what types of folks this is helpful with, and some, um which type have a difficulty? Like you were saying, Joshua, it did seem, uh, according to the research, that people that were worriers, so maybe general, could be called generalized anxiety, and those that had a lot of rumination, a lot of intrusive, kind of negative thinking, and may um a little, like not controlled is, is less less control over their thought thinking, had difficulty with this. Um, they did find that um, people that had difficulty in retrieving memories from the past also found difficulty in describing or imagining their future so those folks also had difficulty Hmm. with this kind of of work and they they have found like there's there's common neural networks for both of those thinking about the past and imagining
3: i think what you're saying is really interesting because when you think about couples therapy um, I read this book by Gottman on couples therapy, right? And he was talking about how one of the techniques he uses is to have couples reminisce about, you know, favorite memories from the past. And what you were saying, Dr. Parks, is that may help them kind of have hope for their future, right?
0: Yeah, it definitely increases optimism. I did see yeah. that in the research. Was yeah. that? Oh, What's man. that? I have, go
1: ahead. I, I want to bring a point here, but I don't know if I want to the the conversation because – some of the, the the recent, I guess, publications that I was looking into is like, yes, uh, now nostalgia is associated with more, like it boosts your mood, uh, positivism, things like that. Mm-hmm. But there was another study that I, uh, I think at the University of Sa- Southern California, by Dr. Newman, where they did a different methodology to, to look at like a snapshot in real time. Uh, maybe they will get a text, and when they get a text for that week once every day, they will have to describe, you know, what they're doing, where they are, who they are with and their emotions and if they were nostalgic or not. And the findings were more like uh, on the opposite end, like actually um, nostalgia might either be ineffective at boosting your mood or causing depression. I don't think this is like a it takes like the opposite way that, that I was, you know, reading initially and thinking, but I feel it's more like a middle ground where it might help if you're in a sad moment to kind of reduce that, might not completely take it, take it away, you know, but it did something to boost your mood.
0: No, definitely. Because um, when you're in a negative mood, a ne- you know, negative affect, you're more, it's easier for you to be nostalgic.
1: Mm. So
0: yes, for sure. Mm. That, I feel like this is, this is going to be something, I feel like I kind of have done this, but just unwittingly, I feel like, you know, when you, when you remind people of their strengths, that's a common mm-hmm. clinical intervention. But it, in some ways, you're kind of reminding them of the past and how they've dealt with in the uh, problems and issues in the persevere.
3: What were you going to say, Joshua?
2: Yeah, it is still akin to this, but maybe a little bit divergent at this point. But I did want to say, kind of relating to one of the earlier points, there is a, a, a line of thought in the philosophy known as like phenomenology or like the study of consciousness that... Really, the only thing that makes you human, if you could boil it down, is memory. And this is explored pretty thoroughly like, by movies like Blade Runner or the show Altered Carbon or Westworld. You know, they're given key memories, and that's what mm. defines them as being mm. alive. Right. And the thought is sort of this old thought experiment that, like, if you have a, a ship and slowly over time you replace every part of that ship, at what point is it not the same ship? It's really just the memory of the ship that gives it its same identity. Like if you go plank by plank, it's still the same ship. And I think that has a lot to do with nostalgia and the fact that like we look back and say, you know, relating to that thing, like when you hear the song, oh, wait, I was alive because I have a memory of this thing. Or that common refrain, you're only alive as long as the last person who remembers you.
3: Yeah, and I I think pointing out Westworld was a good analogy because that one character, the one who is the madam of the prostitutes at the bar, remember Mm -hmm. how she realizes she had a daughter in the past? Yes, she had a daughter in the past, and the people who created her are like, but that daughter was a a memory. She wasn't real, and it it didn't matter to her. It
2: didn't matter. She's my favorite character in that show, by the way.
3: Oh, she was so cool. She's, yeah, she's awesome. Um, you know, one of the things I read, this is, was really interesting to me because it, I, I felt like I had an argument against it, was um, some the New York Times article that I mentioned before it said that nostalgia based off of studies makes people more generous to strangers and more tolerant of outsiders. But you know what I thought about? I thought about Trump rallies and how in Trump rallies, Trump says things all the time like the good old days and if it were like this, if it were back you know, years ago in the good old days, and this is how it would be. Do you know what I mean?
0: Yeah. Mm. Why isn't it having an effect on being more inclusive? Maybe the social connection is just being distributed amongst their own, like, their own race or whatever. Well, this I think it's of-
3: that that part mm-hmm. where we were talking about earlier in you know, in this episode how you're cherry-picking parts of the past, right?
2: Right. You know, this, That's I was where reading it's something dangerous. just this morning, actually, about, like, time travel movies and, uh, like, loop movies and how they hold very little appeal to people of color because mm. – most i most time travel movies would hold you know very little relevance to let's say a, a black male what what point in history would he go back to that he would enjoy that kind of experience so mm. most protagonists right. of time travel movies are white. white white men yeah white men
1: of course so is this That's like really is this like when we were talking recently like not like storytelling making your narrative but Picking up your nostalgia moments that are positive to you, making up like building up your narrative, like your story, right? Yeah. And then telling that story mm-hmm. according to what makes you happy or boosts your mood when you remind, when you remind you of your past.
0: Now, um, you, you know, we, we're all sheltering in place and we, we're doing a lot of staycations and all that. Do you feel like it would be beneficial if you had a weekend where you just kind of really immersed yourself in this nostalgic feelings? Like you may be like you listen to old like 90s rock or whatever and you, you reconnected with someone in that in that time period and you, 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 know, you kind of ate, ate foods that you used to eat and things like that. Do you feel like that would lift your mood during the weekend? Do you think you'd enjoy it more?
3: Do you remember that show that was maybe out in the early 2000s and it was like on MTV or one of those music channels and it was like, that's so 90s or that's so 80s. I love That's what it is. I love the 80s. Oh, yeah. I, the 80s. Yes. I, yes. I, the I 80s. were
2: literally on YouTube watching that three weeks ago. Oh, my going God. Going through every one of them. So, so that, did I love that the '80s good? Part right.
1: Did that help you move?
2: <laughs> <laughs> uh, it was weird. Uh, the anticipation of doing it was more enjoyable than watching Agreed. The, the grainy. Agreed. <laughs> <laughs> I completely <laughs> agree. It looks like somebody feel... filmed it through like a fence.
3: The experience of actually going back and looking at all that stuff was, I think, to me, is more draining than, like, yeah. I, th- I as much excitement as I had thinking, like, oh, this could be fun.
2: Oh, man. I love the 80s. I love the 90s part. Too.
0: Now, 3D. now uh, with with helping, um, <laughs> like, you know, uh, nostalgia and reminiscence therapy is usually for older folks. They've created, like, a city. Like, Netherlands has a city from the 50s oh, wow. where it's per- – the whole thing is to create nostalgia.
1: So are people happier hmm.
0: in that CV? It's like a, it's an institution. Disney, it's like, like a, a nurse, nursing home, like but it Disneyland. looks like a city. Like streets. Main Street, Actually, Disney we, have something,
3: we have something like that in America where a nursing home or like a, a day center um, is all 50s themed. And it's supposed to help with Alzheimer's.
0: Yeah. No, it, it does seem to help. And, and that one in the Netherlands, so I guess, was, was the first one. And that's going to do it for us <laughs> uh, tonight on the show. Uh, Let's get psyched. Um, we've been talking about nostalgia and um reminiscence therapy. Thank you to our co-hosts, Dr. Toshi gucci uh, Dr. Edgar Ortega, and Dr. Joshua Poole. If you have comments, questions, or suggestions on the show, you can write us at get on KUCR at gmail.com. That's get on KUCR at gmail.com. And you can listen to past episodes of Let Get Psyched on your favorite streaming platform. This episode is recorded in each of our respective homes and then mixed by our producer at KUCR Elliot Fong. So special thanks go out to him. And I've been your host, psychologist Dr. Aaron Parks. Tune in next week for another edition of Let's Get Psyched.